This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era. Hosted by entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. What's going on, everyone? Now, Casey Adams let's get here. Right into Welcome the show. to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today, episode number 67, we have someone special with us, Joshua Kesselman. And first off, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. The raw brand, what you've created, is just something phenomenal. And I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. I'm, I'm proud as fuck to be here, Casey, really. <laughs> well, well, cool, man. I appreciate you, Jess. So kind of, I know, how I like to really start interviews is just, obviously, people know who you are, the raw brand, but there may be one person that's just like, Who's Josh, right? So I like to first just like to catch people up to speed based on what you're currently doing, what you're working on, and really what you're a part of. So I'd love to, for you to kind of just touch on who is Josh is from the get-go, what you're currently working on. Well, like most people know me nowadays as the raw guy because of my most popular creation out of all the things I've done has been raw rolling papers. Um, if you're a real smoker, like, you know, a real smoker, <laughs> the odds are you, 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 it's unlikely that you haven't smoked at exactly. least one of my papers. Because beyond raw, I've also made juicy J's and yeah. elements, and I made these brands called Zen and DLX and all these little novelty things in between. I made a product once called Credit Card Rolling Papers, or <laughs> it was like a, a secret pack of. Um, no way. Yeah, well, you fit in your wallet because I kept running into situations where my friends or I wouldn't have papers on us. So like, there's been so many creations over these 20 years like this. Yeah. That the odds are, if you if you're a smoker, you smoked something that I made. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And everyone listening, I'm sure they would agree as well. So that, so that being said, I know I did a lot of research on you, just kind of your background, where this all started, but I, I thought it was super interesting because I know um, I, I was just watching a couple of interviews on you talking about when you were younger, your dad would do a magic trick, would he would light a, a, a paper on fire, throw it in the air, and it would disappear. And, and I've I read that in a bunch of different places, and I kind of want to go back, obviously, to like when did this all start, raw, rolling papers, just everything that you kind of built to this point, just how did this even come about during your life? What was the starting phase to like really go on this journey? Okay, now it depends upon you and your beliefs, whoever's listening to this, as to what you think. Some people would say, oh, it's fate, oh, it's the universe, oh, it's God, or whatever the fuck it is. Let's just chalk it all up to luck. I happen to be lucky enough where, and I'll I'll go deep from the beginning, listen, um, and many of the people listening will be the same way as me. Um, My mother, she really sucked. She just, she had a lot of problems, and... She was not a good mother at all and was not a really, just really, genuinely, truly fucking sucked. My dad was great, though. He's a great dude. But, yeah, the mom really sucked. So the one great gift that that woman gave me, though, the greatest gift in the fucking world was she was really, really smart. And I got some great ass. I got, I got some smarts from her. Yeah. Like, it's true. The greatest thing, the gift that she gave me was some of her fucking intelligence. So there I got happy, lucky enough to get the smarts from her. And then and my dad's really smart too. Don't get me wrong. But she just had this yeah. particular way of thinking, which drove, which turned her to go crazy. But when she wasn't crazy, she was really fucking smart. And then my dad does this trick with rolling papers when I'm five years old. And I fall in love with fucking rolling papers because <laughs> – and sure, you've heard me say it before, but I'll explain yeah. it to you in a different way. There's a thing that happens to us when we're very young. You know, there's this magical belief that we have that maybe the universe isn't, everything's not linear. It isn't all fucking ones and zeros. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It isn't just, it isn't linear, that there's something else. And when you see magic, you get that feeling in your body of like, 
wow, the, the possibility that there's something more. Yeah. And my moment was at five years old, my dad <laughs> would fucking trick with his fucking rolling paper. He would light it on fire and throw it in the air and it would just fucking vanish. And so, and it was the only trick he knew. So I just became enamored with rolling papers because to me, rolling papers are magic. They signify so much more than just something you roll your fucking plants in. Yeah. There's something else about them. You know what I mean? You light your, to this day, okay, I'll grab a fucking raw cone, right? Yeah. Here we go. We, the fact that we light this thing on fire, it then tra- and it burns, it releases its energy, transferring its energy into your plant material inside, which causes that to then transfer its energy through smoke, <laughs> smoke into yeah. your body, and you fucking get an, an incredible, incredible effect from that, from smoke. It doesn't make sense if you think about things logically. I mean, a scientist could explain it to us. Yeah, but I don't want him to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, prefer to look at it where wow that's fucking amazing how can i make it better how can yeah. i improve this what does the smoke really want yeah i'm, t- I'm sitting here talking to you casey what does the smoke really want but what does the smoke really want well in my mind we've always smoked right yeah like as humans since we were fucking barely human yeah we've always smoked and we used to smoke in ways where you'd pile a bunch of material on a campfire and get the smoke from it. Then we started rolling the plants in plants and smoking it that way. Let's, let's stay there. We were really good at that. So when you make a rolling paper, how about, Casey, if we just make it out of plants? Yeah. <laughs> That's plants. You know what I mean? It yeah. sounds like, oh, it sounds simple to you. But really, the world that I grew up in, as I became like a rolling paper expert, and looked, studied them and understood what they were made out of. They weren't made out of just plants, man. Not, I mean, some of them were, but yeah. most of them were not. They started adding things like chalk. I mean, it's funny, behind you, I don't know if people can't see this, but it's like a board. Yeah. That's a white board. Yeah. But it used to be a chalk board, right? Yeah. So, like, and they began adding chalk so that when it burns down, you would get a white ash mm-hmm. to trick you into thinking it's high quality. Like, oh, look, white yeah. ash. And this is a common thing with rolling papers, man. Everyone does. Like, not everybody, sorry. A lot of people do this besides me. Mm-hmm. They add that chalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of my old papers have chalk in them. My old shit. Not okay. raw, but like my old creations and shit. Because that's old rolling paper style. And if I'm going to make a new rolling paper right now that I want to make in the like 70s, 80s style that like some older people like, I have to add chalk to it because that's what they're used to. And they won't think it's good unless I add chalk to it. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking smoke chalk, though. Yeah. I also want to smoke bleach. I mean, you didn't, we didn't bleach the plants yeah. back then, dude. All the chemicals, yeah. No, we weren't adding guar gum or any kind of weird shit like that that <laughs> they were adding to this stuff. It's just not what was done. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, the, you know, I'm sure you remember, Case, when you were in grade school, how you made paper. You probably mashed up a bunch of fucking plants. You spread it out on a screen, and you dried it. If you ever did that, I don't know if they did that in your school. They did it in mine. Okay. And that, that's that's not so different than the way that that paper is made nowadays if you make it like this. Yep. You just mash up a bunch of fucking plants, make paper out of it. Woo-hoo! Yeah. You know, I, it's with just a tiny bit of fucking plant starch in it. Plant yep. starch. <laughs> yeah, the organic Gosh. way. <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. So this, like, my big secret. Oh, Josh, what's your big secret? Like, there you go, Case. There it was. Keeping it plant based. Making plants. Yeah, and then like, 
when people cut, try to like copy my shit or make stuff that they want to be in my genre, yeah. often they'll basically, essentially, they'll take the old rolling papers and they add more brown dye to it to make it look like this. <laughs> to make it look organic. Yeah, it's like take a. Um, it's like imagine if you if you went to buy a, a fucking a whole wheat bread and it turned out it was just white bread with, with fucking brown dye. <laughs> that's a good analogy. That's not what goes on because it's hard to change. You know, these are. Oh, how do I, these guys are billion dollar companies and shit. They don't want to change for real to make a whole new process to go. Yeah. And this is really a process, by the way. We would actually be going back. Yeah. But to, to make a change is not something that we as humans like to do. And large corporations, they really don't like change. There's a big cost with change. And, you know, no, Josh is wrong. People like chalk. <laughs> no. Not no, bro. <laughs> yeah. I got a ton. You don't smoke like me, man. <laughs> I love tasting what I'm smoking, and chalk is probably going to affect the yes. way that my shit tastes. Yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. No chalk. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting animated. I'm going to calm down. Now. Oh, you're good. You're good. So with raw, <laughs> with raw though, like um, when I saw I saw one article where it's like you start with 500 bucks, and that was like the startup funds. Prior to starting that, I know you have tons of different inventions that you've made. Like, were you business savvy? Was that always something that came natural to you, or was it just like you focused on solving your own problem, which then turned into something? No, I was always business savvy. All right, so okay. and I will be completely honest with you because a lot of people hopefully will be will this will help them. Uh, my parents used to fight extensively. I mean, like horrifically. You know, including there were some violent episodes and that kind yeah. of awful shit. But they, what they were mostly fighting about, what I remember, was related to money. So even as a little kid, I always thought if I could just make money, that I could stop all of this. You know? Yeah. So by the time I was seven, I was selling um, flowers. I'd go around the neighborhood and cut flowers off people's lawns. I didn't know. And yeah. I'd sit on the corner, make a little flower stand, start selling flowers. Then I'd try to sell lemonade, anything. I was already motivated to try to make money yep. to get out of this fucking horrific situation. It wasn't to get myself out. It was really to try to stop. You know, as a kid, you don't, you don't. I'm going to leave them. No, no, no. You want to, you want to solve the problem. Yeah. So that motivated me to um, become an entrepreneur and to become successful. So, okay. by the way, okay. So let's look at it this way. Instead of oh, poor Josh. No, no, no. Lucky me, right? I'm lucky that they were so the way they were because that, or else I wouldn't be here on this fucking podcast with yeah. you. You, you wouldn't want to hear my story if I had perfect fucking parents that were raising me, right? I kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, and <laughs> That's I the truth. The I wouldn't have done all any of this shit. So it's all okay. And it's and and to anyone listening to this that's going through a bunch of bullshit, you don't know, man. It all could end up incredibly beneficial to you that you would never expect. Yeah. You think it's going to end up all fucked up and shit sucks, but that fucked up shit can lead to incredible, like, okay, case. another thing I'll get to later, the Fed's coming at me in 96, yeah. 96. That fucking sucked. Yeah. It fucking sucked to kick my door and have me down, down with a fucking machine gun. But again, if that hadn't happened, this beautiful cone, this thing right here that a lot of people smoke, this really would not exist if that hadn't happened. Yeah. So it's, it's all negative at the time, and a lot of this fucked up shit that you go through and I go through in life sucks. However, it can transform us if you allow it to, and if you allow it to one way or another force you to grow. Iliad, yeah. Iliad, Homer's journey. Look at it like that. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So it's like, cause I like how you brought up, like, if, if, if you didn't go through the fucked up shit, you wouldn't be on this podcast. And that's, you know, that's, that, that's just the truth at the end of the day. So I, I think it just fascinates me because, like, with Raw, and obviously you said, like, anyone who smokes, like, they've obviously 
either use your products or know what it is. So when you look at that, like how, what, you guys have like 2,000 employees now? What's like, how big is the organization that you're currently running right now before we get into it? It all depends on how you define an employee. You know what I mean? Like in Bali, or in Indonesia, where these things are rolled, they're rolled by hand. Wow. So there's there's a couple thousand people right there that are rolling yep. cones for us right now as we sit here talking right now they're sleeping but when they wake up yeah. they'll be rolling cones yeah and they're not it's it's a nice workplace by the way I make it clear we actually have it's paid way above the local ounce and the work environment is really nice it's even air conditioned wow. we treat everybody well because it's just it, it actually ends up making better cones but mm-hmm. it also because come on man like we're all human yeah you know what I mean. We gotta treat each other right, or else it just ends up you end up with Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I like you. So you said uh, based on current employees, and like my my biggest thing with this too is like, how did it scale? Like when you first started, what was the exact year you started raw? Mm. Okay. Now, do you want to know when I started raw or when I started doing all of this? Because it's different. Because raw was part of a okay. the ladder of invention, right? Yep. You can't just walk up and make. Um, okay, I'm grabbing stuff off my desk. Yeah. So forgive me. A stapler, right? Yep. No, no, no. First, you there's things that come before that. First, you'll you'll little clips. You'll making you'll be making different ways to hold paper together. You'll be making attachments. And then one day, some dude will put it all together, and you end up with a fucking stapler. Yep. We don't invent the car. First, we invent the wheel. Then we yeah. invent the the things a cart, and then one thing. Oh, I'm gonna pull the cart, and on and on and on. Eventually, we end up with a car. This is the same thing with raw. My first papers were. Nothing like raw. <laughs> they yeah. really weren't. They, they were really boring. They weren't boring, actually, because some of them were cool. Like Juicy J's was really fucking yep, cool. I know those. Elements, which I really made for my dad. These were some great papers, but I also made boring shit like Zen, which was really just a boring commercial paper. Mm-hmm. And um, or a whole bunch of a brand called Rollies that totally failed. But no, the idea for raw came about in some point in the 90s. When I was, um, I had my early nineties, even when I had my little head shop, which I was something I guess I have to explain. Um, so going back to your first question now that quote in Inc magazine, I didn't start with 500 bucks. What I was saying was I had a $500 van. I sold everything I owned except for the $500 van Mm. and this piece of shit Harley that I built myself. And I moved into my friend's storage shed. This is in 1993. So I sold everything I had. Except for this piece of shit van with rock falling off it, yeah. and had a, a painting because I bought it used of a rat pissing on the back, which none of us ever understood what the hell that. But yeah, it was there. It was, and my van and my bike. Sorry, yeah. van and my bike. I rented out this little storefront in Gainesville, Florida. This little storefront you can imagine. Yep, the roof was kind of falling down on one side, but. I didn't care, yep. and I set it up. And I had no idea what I was doing. I knew I needed to get this head shop open, but I didn't know what I was doing. So what I did, which is not so different than what I do today, is I did what I call Tom Sawyer's white picket fence, <laughs> which is I started opening the store anyway, right? Yeah. I went down to Costco and bought a cash register and some open clothes sign, some local sign people to put up the name of the store on there, on the glass. I've got some counters, some used counters from a used counter guy, convinced him to let me pay him off over six months, and uh, I'd gone to a, a, a smoke shop down in South Florida, which I don't remember the name of now, and I flirted with the girl behind the counter and eventually paid her a hundred bucks to give me her stack of catalogs. I walked out the door of that place and I hit the pay phone, this is that long ago, I didn't have yeah. a cell phone, yeah. and I called every person on that fucking, every catalog immediately. 
and got them all to send me like catalogs and all the shit. I started ordering whatever I could find that I thought people would want. But then as I was opening up the store case, people would come in and they'd be like, oh my God, you're opening a head shop. Are you going to carry? And whatever they said next, like dugouts, for example, yep. I'd be like, yes, it'll yeah. be here in two weeks. What's your favorite one? <laughs> <laughs> which, which, okay. Which, like, Sure, I order the right ones and tell me which ones you like. Which ones do your friends like? Okay. And they would answer me and tell me. And that, as soon as they would walk out the door, I'd thumb through those catalogs. I would call people within those catalogs and say, where can I find that out? Help me. Help me. And I would find whatever that guy wanted. And sure enough, within two weeks, there it would be. The guy would come back and I would have his exact product waiting <laughs> for him. That's so the amazing. store was built by the community. Okay. It was an exact reflection on what the community wanted. That's amazing. And that was Gainesville, like late 90s. Just you, you're doing this? Or do you have like your buddies? It wasn't even late 90s, bro. It was fucking like mid 90s. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So so it it wasn't just you at the time. It was like you had this idea. You just made that shit happen. And it was just solo as an entrepreneur. That's fucking fantastic. Because like now it's like with the huge operation you have, it's like if you look back on it and tell the story, it's, it's like, okay, this is how it happened. But what was like the process from like having that one store, the van and the bike to actually like with raw, like that exact product, like what was the scalability on that? Was it quick? Was it fast? Cause now it's 2018. Oh, it's it been, is. it would go as first. Like the stores did great. So okay. by, by 96, I had like five fucking shops okay. and they were doing fucking excellent and everybody loved them because again, they all mirrored the community built them, dude. It wasn't. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I put, you put your ego aside. I mean, you know what you like and I'll put some things up there that I know that I like and people will like, but I'm really just listening to everyone that comes in the door. I have long conversations. Yeah. Sorry, I'm speaking too fast. I tend to do that. Oh, you're good. Um, I would have long conversations with anyone that came in that door, especially in the beginning because there was no one coming in that door. So if they walked in, I didn't want them to leave. I had someone to hang out with and talk to. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, they would, so we were basically this, I learned everything about what people wanted from those very people. They taught me everything, and I gave them what they wanted. It isn't about me. It's about yeah. them, and it's yeah. the same thing with all this shit, man. This yeah. is all stuff that was, like, the original cone, it's like 92, 93, 93. Somewhere, like, I, I, where we had it in, I, I used to have this little pipe factory, and, like, we were trying to make, people were telling me that they loved uh, rolling papers, but they couldn't, because I, I loved rolling papers. I put yeah. my whole collection in the store and shit, and I started trading with my, yep. by, this is how I became, started trading my, my collection with people in Europe. And I would I would then start sending them. They would, they wanted crappy American rolling paper stuff that yeah. I consider to be notebook paper. Yeah. And they would send me back these beautiful European papers, these old stuff. And I would then put them in my store and sell them. And there was great margin for that stuff because mm-hmm. it didn't exist. So for like a pack of commercial rolling papers, I might buy it for a buck and have to sell it for a buck fifty. These beautiful European, really good quality papers would might cost me fifty cents, and I could sell Dang. it for like two bucks. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, and people love that shit. And I learned from it again, learning from each one of these things. Yep. But yeah, so I had five stores, building them up. Each one of them would, as soon as one would be successful and start turning and start doing well, I would go and take the money from that and go do another one. Take that money from that, go do another one. And then in 1996, one of my stores sold a bong to the daughter of the United States Customs Service, specially charged <laughs> no in the shit. District of Florida. No shit. Oh my God, he was so pissed. She was of age, yeah. but it didn't matter. It was my fault. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. And so they came in with their fucking helmets on and guns and all that oh shit my Lord. and uh, raided the fuck out of us. 
it sucked, dude. That's insane. So I lost everything, as you can imagine. But I scraped. Um, one of the things they taught me these feds because they felt bad after they did it. Um, <laughs> God damn it! It's really stupid. You know? like, <laughs> as time went on, and like, oh, you know, they felt they all felt bad, and they would year by year, one by one, they would apologize to me, and I would always say to them the same thing, which was simply like, "I can't forgive you. You can only forgive yourself. Yeah. You did what you did, and now you have to forgive yourself. I don't hold any ill will to you. That's all I can say. Yep. I can't forgive somebody. How the fuck am I going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> you got to forgive yeah. yourself, man. And they would be like, oh. Uh, think about it and that was the end of it so I rebuilt I started over the feds told me my rolling paper business that part of the business was legal so I moved out to Phoenix, Arizona and I also had these great other products that I had invented for the store over the time and I decided to go into set up a wholesale operation selling the things the feds told me were legal and also stuff that I really liked now one of the things that happened in that shop was and you've heard the story before but I gotta tell it again was because I was listening to everybody and bringing whatever they told me they wanted, yep. one of the things they said they wanted were this particular brand of natural cigarettes. And I was like, sure, I'll get it in for you, no problem. So in my mind, and keep in mind, by this point, I already knew paper. I already yeah. understood paper. And the guy had gone through this whole thing of telling me how natural their cigarettes were and blah, blah, blah. I'm expecting it to come in in a natural paper. Yeah. So the, the product comes in, I put it on the shelf, I let the dude know that his stuff's here, he comes in to buy the packs, I give him a special price on it. He offers me a smoke. I gladly take it because I smoked cigarettes back then. And I pull it out. And to my horror, it's wrapped in a bright white fucking bleached <laughs> paper. You know, yeah. even the same shit that everyone else is using. And I'm just like, or basically the same shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was, no, no. I was like, I, I, I was literally, I remember the moment, what it was like, where I was just like, fuck. Yeah. So then I had that moment that inventors have of, Dude, really? No one's actually made a natural rolling paper? Everyone's smoking this shit? And sure enough, you're realizing, oh my God, everybody's smoking this shit. Yeah. Really? Why? Why the fuck is everyone smoking this shit? They don't want this shit. They just don't realize that they don't want, they don't realize that I had to find out, okay, why are rolling papers white? So I researched that, found that out. If you want, I'll tell you that story, yeah. Casey, but I found out the rolling papers had always been white, in short, because... When rolling papers first began, thanks to Columbus, when he was bringing tobacco back to Spain, um, there were tr people were rolling pieces of old cigars with used newspaper. And the people up in Alcoy, which was at the time the paper-making capital of all of Europe, decided to make a um, special paper for rolling, and they wanted to show that it wasn't used newspaper. Mm. So they made it bright fucking white. Yeah. To show and called it, marketed it as hygienic. And rolling papers became white. It okay. showed how pure they were. Yeah. Okay, that's cool in the 1600s or 1500s. But really? Now we're yeah. like four or 500 years later? Yeah. And we're still smoking bright white shit because yeah. we're trying to show that it isn't used newspaper? I mean, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And so I knew what I wanted to make back then. I just didn't have anywhere near the wherewithal to pull it off. The part of the lessons I've learned and lessons I want to share is that you keep going, right? The feds kick your door in and, and, and take all your shit. You find a way to keep going. You lose everything because you think this is going to work and it doesn't. You fucking keep going. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, you've got to keep going. 
It's um, it's that old fucking. I hate to quote fucking Rocky Balboa, but it is that an awful Rocky Balboa from I think Rocky Five or Fifty. Yeah. I don't know. Quote of it doesn't matter how hard you hit. What matters is how hard you get hit and keep going. Yep. So I never let go of the raw dream. I even know, knew what I wanted to call it back then, and through starting with regular rolling papers and making all these cool special papers and all those flavored papers and this paper and that paper and this nuance and that nuance and papers yeah. called where it would look like a cigarette when you were smoking it and things with American flags all over it <laughs> and rolling papers yeah. like 30-something uh, flavors of Juicy J's through all of that. I finally had the wherewithal, the knowledge, the understanding, and the power and the money to pull off Raw. Raw was Damn. a big bet for me, though. I had to risk everything, essentially everything, in order to make raw because no one would make it for me. Everyone thought I was wrong. Yeah. I risked it all anyway. I knew that people wanted this shit. I knew that you wanted this, Casey. Yeah. Because essentially, without telling me, you had told me. You had told me a thousand times <laughs> that you wanted it. And I knew you wanted it. In my mind, when I made raw, I was making it for this group of hippies. You know what I mean? The dudes that still, once I guess they wouldn't have a microbus anymore, but they still have a, a Volkswagen Vanagon. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the chick's got blonde dreads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm making it for her. I'm making it for them. <laughs> they couldn't tell me over and over, the Rainbow Kids, and I hung out with the Rainbow Kids. They wanted this so badly. Yeah. What they were telling me without telling me. And so that was my market when I made Raw. That was who I was thinking of the whole time. And I put it out knowing that they wanted it. And sure enough, they wanted it. And at yeah. first, Raw sold pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Okay. I was happy with it. It was a slow going, but it was selling. I was going to make my money back eventually. And then what I, the part that I missed, and it's okay that I missed it, but I blame myself for missing it to this day, Case, is that my goal was to make the best rolling paper in the world for those people. The thing I forgot <laughs> is that Everybody wants to smoke the best. Yeah. All of us do. Nobody really wants to smoke some bleached chalk bullshit. <laughs> yeah. They really don't. And so the whole world went nuts over Raw. The whole market, they started yep. singing about it in fucking hip hop songs. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I didn't see those kind of people when I was making it. Free marketing. Really those hippies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just really missed the boat and re not recognizing that, Josh, everybody wants to smoke the best, dude. Yeah. It isn't just that hippie dude over there. Everyone. <laughs> and so Raw is popular worldwide, except, of course, in markets where the people don't really smoke, like yeah. fucking China. But <laughs> in the, all the markets, the primary markets where people really fucking smoke, we sell a fuckload of Raw. Yeah. And it's the best one that – it's the best rolling paper in the world by far. That's wild. So that's the part that I missed. So, like, keys to success. I don't know, man. One thing is always to stay with it. Two things, I guess I could tell the story of my grandpa, which I told before, but I'll tell it to you gladly. So because, again, luckily for me, because my parents sucked, um, <laughs> I was raised more by my grandma and my grandpa, and they were my true role models. So grandpa taught me this method of business called um, build a better mousetrap, because he was a Depression-era guy, you know, um, probably born in the early 1900s. And so it was this thing of... Way it's supposed to work in business, real capitalism, not this bullshit that we deal with now. Yeah. But real capitalism is supposed to be based on making a better mousetrap. And it's so it's supposed to be like this. 
Casey, you and I are a competition against each other. And we are both in the mousetrap business. And you know what? I've told the story before, so let's pick a different product. Pick your favorite product, Casey. Pick uh, one for me. The cone, for sure. Cones. Okay. So for real, the way it's supposed to be is you and I are in business against each other. We're competitors. I make this cone. Now, what you are supposed to do, Casey, you're supposed to figure out on your own how to make a better fucking cone. <laughs> and then, yep. then make it. And then you are supposed to then get rewarded with this made-up thing that we humans use called money. Yeah, this be fucking money. What the fuck is this? A stupid fucking, fucking paper. Coin. Yeah, there's no value. This is, I, mean, I guess this one's metal. Yeah. So I guess it has some value. The metal itself, I could use for something, right? Yeah, I, but it has no real value. I can't eat it. I'm mm-hmm. hungry right now. I can't eat this. I can now go give it to someone else who thinks it has value, and they'll give me some fucking food for yeah. it. Yay! But otherwise, <laughs> it's, itself is bullshit. Yeah. So you get rewarded with the money. All right, now I start, oh shit, I'm not making money anymore. So now I got to make a better cone than you. And then I'll get rewarded with the money. And then you know what you're supposed to do, Casey? You're supposed to find, make an even better fucking cone. And then, I'm, and then you get the money. And we're supposed to go back and forth until we keep doing this to each other, until the product gets so good that it can't get any fucking better. Yeah. Now, it may be the case that I've already made the best cone in the world. <laughs> Can't be going better than me, but there's always going to be some way. You know, it'd, yeah. it'd be easier with a phone filling device. Where I'm, right now, I make a manual one that fills this thing so fast. People I see. Are trying to make these, yeah. yeah, it's a great thing. People are trying to make these electronic ones to fill it better than my manual device, but they're manual. They're electronic devices. They look cool, but they actually fill it worse. Yeah. And they're a plague on the planet because they're making them out of non-recyclable plastics with lithium-ion batteries and PCBs yeah. and all this shit. Where I'm like, no. You're missing the point here, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but let me give, not let me not digress. It's supposed to be that we do this thing of making better products off each other and climbing up this fucking ladder until eventually we make it so good that it can't be any better. And by doing this, this thing on top of each other, we will fly through space at warp factor of nine. What capitalism, the corruption of capitalism, has caused is. I make this beautiful fucking cone here, this great fucking cone, and then you go to China and make a cheaper, shittier one yeah. where you use brown dye called E150. <laughs> on top of the white shit. On top of the white shit. <laughs> the brown dye that it is to actually use natural unbleached fibers. So you'll use this brown dye called E150C, which is on California's Prop 65 list if you buy the bottle of it, um, and you will dye the paper to make it look more like this. And you'll make it in China with a shittier tip, and you'll use some God only knows fucking things in the paper and on the glue. And yeah, can't imagine. And you'll get your cost down, and then you'll come into the market and make your packaging look a lot like mine, maybe. Yeah. And then you'll try to like undercut the market. So instead of going like this, which we're trying to do, you go above me. For those who can't watch, instead of going up the ladder, you step down the ladder. Yeah, and you the market with you. And now I'm supposed to, at this new thing, I'm supposed to go to China too and make it even cheaper and shittier for myself. Yeah. And come down below you, I'll make it even cheaper. Yeah. No, just make it cheaper, Josh. I'll make yeah. it cheaper. <laughs> we keep going down until we end up with a an ocean full of polluted crap that nobody wants and nobody's smoking better. They're yeah. not enjoying their smoke anymore. In fact, they're enjoying it less. And we're de- we're devolving. We're not evolving. Yeah. So That's if you're, if somebody wants to really compete with me, I always challenge them. Make it better, bro. Yeah. Step up, up the ladder. The fucking ladder. Don't yeah. do this shit. So, like, I'll give you another example. And this is important because anyone, like, when you are successful, one of the cool things you'll realize is that money isn't everything. Right? 
Yeah. So when we started off making cones, they used to come with these plastic straws like this. And yeah. it took me a while. And every time you'd have a cone afterwards, you'd end up with those cut straws hanging around your house. Yeah. Making you fucking embarrassed. <laughs> what do you do with these straws? Well, eventually you're going to throw them out. Someone sent me a video of a sea turtle having a straw. And it was not one of my straws, but it was a straw being pulled out of its nose. And this mm. is a common occurrence in sea turtles. And it's pulling, and like sea turtle is crying as this, as this straw is being pulled out of its nose by someone who's trying to help it. And it's bleeding through the nose. And my fucking heart broke. And I looked down at my product and I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. Can't do this. There's got to be another way. So then I remembered these paper straws that I'd seen at a kid's party for my daughter. I was like, can I use those? So we went to the paper straw factories and I convinced them over time to make me really good paper straws, natural, unbleached, mm -hmm. with a thick ball like this. And that way it actually works better when you fill it. It works as a real good poker. Whereas the plastic straws are always picking up material and getting yeah. it stuck in them. These things don't. They work as a great for the fucking poker. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. So it's better for the planet. It's better for the fucking for the function. And my managers were they didn't hate it, but they were like, Josh, this is gonna these cost like you know at least three times. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. It's probably ten times. Maybe it, but it's some great. It, they cost a lot more than a fucking plastic straw. They Definitely. really do, and they cost more to ship, and everything about them's wrong in that way. Yeah, that's but great. But hold on, like. Told them guys, it's gonna. It was. They told me it was gonna cost me like a hundred grand a year, two hundred yeah. grand a year, in, in extra costs. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I can't, I can't go. I won't be able to live with myself. Mm -hmm. Do this change, and so we make the change, and you go to the paper straw, and you fucking stick it in there, and you say, there you go. Yeah. Now, a conscious decision, and it breaks with capitalism, right? We're supposed to make as much money as we can. But this shit sucks, Casey. So I ask you, like, yeah. what do you do? And the pure capitalism, if we're running a pure business that's supposed to be just for profit, we're supposed to stick with this fucking plastic yeah, straw. for costs and that shit. Costs, and we make more money if we stay yeah. with this plastic straw. Uh -huh. But I can't do it. Yeah. I can't live with myself. So we, we go to this. So now, how do, we, how do we bring this kind of conscious effort, this thing of realizing that something is just plain fucking wrong, mm -hmm. plastic straw, how do we bring that into the world of business? Because a, a giant corporation, a billion dollar yeah. corporation, they ain't gonna give a shit. Yeah. No, I can't sleep. I can't live with myself. Yeah. You got, no, you're you should live with yourself because your obligation, your only obligation is to your shareholders. Yeah. You got to make as much money as you can. Well, I don't know how to bring that into the fucking into the yeah. to get large corporations to actually understand that hey, spend some extra money and save the fucking planet, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have kids. It's gonna be future generations, and they're gonna be really pissed at you. Yeah, you make fucking plastic fucking. <laughs> it all goes down to the damn plastic straws. <laughs> it does because that, that's a good example for that I want to teach to share to the world of the way that I wish someone listening to this would behave once they become successful. Yeah, sure, you do what you have to do to get up there, but as you're getting up there, please, you know what I mean. We only got one planet, man. Yeah. We really only got one. Look for ways that you're not just improving the process you're also making a better world yeah quality quality and that's just yes yeah, i'm lucky in that in this case the paper straw works yeah. a fuck little better than the plastic yeah yeah but so i can always mark it well yeah i told my guys that sales will go up you'll see it'll be yeah. fine <laughs> yeah take it back <laughs> I can't leave it. so i don't know how to tell people in that regard anything other than you've got to also go with your conscience you've yeah. got to do the right thing that's a fact you got to do the right thing 
I, I have a follow-up question to that because I know um regarding everything based like just around like the culture of it. I know that you said like making the planet better, just doing it for the world in general. My my question is like when it comes to you like having these five shops and then starting raw and then really going in with it like betting everything. And then I I wanted to bring up the point where you said like rappers started rapping about it. It started just getting like free publicity, right? Because it was the best quality shit around, right? So when was like the transition? Because I know that like, you did like the collab with Wiz Khalifa and all all these rappers like they rep your brand. Like when was that shift? Like was it just over? Like obviously it wasn't overnight. Was it just when was the first like big? move when it comes to just like the mainstream of raw like i want to bring up was cleva because i know he has like the custom branded packages so when was all yeah. that kind of stuff happening and kind of kind of coming into place that began really in 2009 from what i remember okay up to up to that point we, we were moving some raw but it wasn't a big thing in, in in 2009 from what i remember it was when currency did this song um i got five on it and he sings in there. It's a raw paper, not a blunt. And I, I didn't, I'd never <laughs> met Curtis. I never sent him, never sent him product. He was yeah. at the time, you know. And I was just like, holy shit! My friends played it for me. I was like, really? We kept replaying it. Yeah. I couldn't believe. So luckily, this um, I forgot what his name is, but a, a mutual friend managed to introduce me to him. And he was all excited to meet me, and I was all excited to meet him. That's dope. Him and I hung out for days. We went on tour together. We went yeah. stopped. So I ended up sponsoring one of his Jet Life tours. Because I liked him so much. He's yeah. a really good dude. Currency? Yeah, Currency. And Currency introduced me to Wiz. Introduced Raw to Wiz. And, and then And it just all kind of exploded from there. But it wasn't... Like, I love Wiz. He's a good fucking dude. Yeah. But the thing you have to understand is... It's not, a, it's not about something that I'm doing or something that a, that a particular artist is doing. What really caused Raw to fly is the paper itself. It ain't, it ain't yeah. about me sitting here telling stories or, yeah. or a guy singing about it. That's great. It brings some awareness to it. But what really happened to Raw more than anything was word of mouth. People were just, they would buy it and be like, holy shit, yeah. this is completely different than everything else they've ever smoked in their life. Yep. And then they would share it with their friend because we smokers, we are a social fucking group. We <laughs> smoke circles. Yeah. You, you pass things to each <laughs> other, you know what I mean? And so like, the people in the notes began smoking and tasting and being like, holy shit. Because you would notice that you could taste your terp profile. You yep. could taste things you were never flavored before. Yeah. Because you probably the chalk probably changed the flavor. And suddenly it elevated your smoke. And raw just one by one the snowball. The right got bigger, 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 bigger. And then in two thousand nine it started fucking flying and all of a sudden we were like, Oh shit. You know, I couldn't make enough of the stuff. I yeah. was completely oversold. I was back ordered by like four months of Damn. a lot of the product. Yeah, we're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Good problems to have. Problem yeah, it's still a problem. We're like, what the fuck are we gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're still we're oversold on cones right now beyond belief. It's um, damn. Can't you, you think you you anticipate demand and then demand is over. Yeah, and that was two thousand nine. We're like, like because like the hip hop scene was like, was that any thought process going through your head of like, oh, currency or whiz or rappers, people smoke weed like. Was that going through your head of like a market, or like you said, it was just like the the certain demographic that you originally planned? Like, how what, what was that transformation like for you? Was it like something you expected, or like when you got introduced yeah. to Wiz, then it blew up, then you're like, oh shit, well this is happening, and then it just kind of went with it. I just went with it, but it was it wasn't like that. I I was I am a big fan. Yeah, I'm Wiz. <laughs> and Wiz. That's so, so dope. Them, it isn't about me trying to fucking promote shit or anything yeah, like yeah. That. I'm just hanging out with the coolest dudes in the fucking world, and we're smoking out yeah. and hanging the fuck out. So when we That's some the, the deal with Wiz happened years after him and I, uh, he was already singing about my stuff and putting it in videos. The the business deal came way afterwards, as it just be, 
I would have done it with him from the beginning, of course. Yeah. But I couldn't like I was sitting in the room with those guys and I'd be like, Oh my god, I can't believe I'm here. And yeah, yeah. they're like, Oh my god, I can't believe you're here. That's like, oh fucking god, hilarious. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> they want to ask me a thousand questions about paper and I wanted to ask me a thousand questions about music. Because yeah. the thing is that I I came to learn over time was many smokers. Um, you smoke as inspiration. It inspires art. It inspires us, like the lyrics and our songs and these um, sorts of things. So they were getting inspired by Raw. They could tell what I was about. They could tell what yeah. the paper was about. I mean, they could tell what Raw was. Yeah. They could tell just by sensing it. We as humans, because we've been smoking for so fucking long, we intrinsically know when something is natural, when something is right. Yeah. It just feels right to us. It's not something where you can tell by touch or smell or taste, but something about it, you're like, this is different. This feels right. That's really what it was like with Raw. They would always ask me, why does this feel so good to me? What is it about Raw? Okay, and I got to explain to them about stuff. I, okay, well, let me tell you what's in a normal paper and why this tastes so different to you and this whole thing about yeah. just how make a paper out of plants. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Well, let's be like it. You know, it, it's, um, it just worked. It really just worked. That's there insane. isn't a big secret. There wasn't a big aha moment. It just fucking was the best, and then people hooked on, word of mouth, and just kind of blew up. So that would be the goal for someone. If you're going to make something, whatever the fuck it is, like, you know, here's my lip balm. Right? Yeah. If you don't make me lip balm, then I want you to make a really great natural lip balm. It's got to be actually natural, even though petroleum is technically natural. I don't want fucking petroleum in my goddamn fucking lip balm. Yeah. I don't want carcinogens in my fucking lip balm. I don't want you dyeing it brown. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want <laughs> real goddamn lip balm that's going to stay on my fucking lips. I want you to make it forever. Yeah. This comes in a plastic tube. I bet you and I, Casey, we could fuck with this for a while. And we can come up with a way, because this, this doesn't even have a recycling number on yeah. it. Probably come up with a better way to package this, where it wouldn't be so, this won't end up floating in the ocean yeah. and getting stuck and by, picked up by a seabird. And that would be, if someone, there's a challenge to your listeners, someone please make me a better lip balm in a, in a recyclable, or truly recyclable, or reusable, or biodegradable mm -hmm. container. Please, man. Yeah. I have a goal for the entire company that I own called um, in Phoenix called HBI, where we're trying to make it where by 2020, 100% of our products are one way or another uh, degradable. I gotta yeah. be careful with earth plastic. This guy should kind of make scales. They come in a big plastic housing. Yeah. I want I want to use where they add this film to it called you see it, uh, biofilms where they add it to the plastic so that it'll break down a lot faster. It might take a couple years. But it'll break down in a landfill. Yeah. Whereas regular, I think it's like a thousand years. You know, yeah. this shit it takes makes it break down a lot faster. Yeah, I want to make it where one hundred percent of what the fuck we're outputting is done like this. Not because I'm like, oh, what's his name, Woody Harrelson? I ain't no, I ain't Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I just I want to feel good about the shit that I do. Yeah, you know, the, the fulfillment. I, I can tell that's like a, that's the fulfilling part for you from throughout this entire yeah. thing, right? You want to feel good, and if you're gonna, if you want to. You know, eventually, much as I hate to admit it, there's that dirt out there that I'm going to be buried in. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a lot younger than me, but eventually, no matter what, I mean, I shouldn't say no matter what, right? There's always some remote possibility we get we transfer our consciousness to electronic <laughs> computers or something. Yeah. But realistically, eventually, we all end up in that dirt out there. And I don't want to go down with fucking, as the dude who polluted the planet, the fucking shit. Yeah. I don't want to go, that, that's just, no. No, 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 no. 
I want to go down as a badass motherfucker. Yeah. I want to do like tombstone to say. That's why you're on the podcast. A badass motherfucker. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. That's so with Raw and everything from rappers to like blowing up 2009, like because now it's 2018, the company's been 10, 20 years, how long now? But just when it comes to the current state of Raw, the papers, everything that's going on, was there like a pivoting point where obviously you said like for the um, rappers or the business deals with the Wiz or whatever, like was there a current moment for you where you're like, oh shit, like this is this is really happening where it's like scaling, blowing up, you have to hire more people. Like was there a moment like that for you or was it just all like kind of just sequential moment by moment? By moment? Like was, was there a pivot point for you? There was no pivot point. It would just it would just be it just happened and happened and happened and happened That's and happened so and happened, happened. It's still happening. Situations, yeah, it's still happening. Where <laughs> we, like we we run everything in, like it's the old business models. So I don't owe I don't borrow from the bank. Yep. I don't have investors. I did it the way my grandpa taught me, which is you make you sell something for you buy something for a dollar, you sell it for two, then you go buy two of them and you sell them both, and you take that money. And you buy more of them, and you sell them, yeah. and that's the way you build your business. Yep. So we're entirely alone. So <laughs> you know, like so um, dope. Right. So when you're doing it like that, when you're building, you you can only grow as fast as your capital really allows your your profits allow you to. Yeah. Which is the old way of business, right? Yep. And so you end up with it stops you from doing something like bringing on some fucking New York billionaire dude who's going to invest in your company and then yeah. try to destroy it later because he wants to sell it and get his money out. Yeah. It makes it where you actually have a real business that's yours. Mm-hmm. It also makes you a lot happier because it's just you, man. You make a decision and there it is. Now, I I am lucky in that um, I have a really good team. Mm-hmm. And we are a team of oddballs, man. Like None of us are Harvard graduates or anything yeah, like yeah. that. We're just, we love what we do. We're really happy. Uh, when I um, when I think of my team, when I think of all the people that have been with me for the past 10 fucking years, because it, it was something that happened in 2008 where I took back over the company. I had a friend, my best friend was running okay. it for me and he stole, stole a bunch of money and almost Damn. destroyed the place. Fuck. The way he was feeling it. Yeah, it was really bad. So then we had what we call a revolution where I came down and gave him the boot. Yeah. And after that, um, all the people that, would, that have been with me since that point till now, they're my family. Yeah. You know? And we all, we love what we do. We really enjoy it. And we're really good at it. And like, if we were, in, if we were living in Star Wars, we would be the fucking rebellion. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah. We don't want to be the fucking empire. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. It's cool. I, I wear all black. But I ain't fucking putting on the Darth Vader helmet. Yep. <laughs> you know? Facts. That's, I can't do it. I can't, I, I, you know, shit, man. I'm fucking vegan as fuck. I can't, I, I don't want to, um, all about love and, and compassion. You know, we have this this stuff we do called we call it the Raw Foundation, where we we've given them like one point three, one point five million dollars back yeah. so far in a recent period yeah. of time towards doing water wells. It isn't we do real projects. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It isn't like <laughs> I want to bring yeah. up the that's like the charity part of it, right? Just the, the foundation. Yeah. yeah. So how did that kind of get um, in tune with it? Has it always been like that, or when did that kind of come about? It's always been a dream of mine. Okay. Like, it's always been a dream. When I was a, again, it goes back, you know, Case, I don't know if you notice this, but like, and it's a recurring theme with me, which is the same recurring theme with a lot of the uh, successful people I talk with. It all goes back to something that happened to you when you were young. Yep. I watched um, Live Aid when I was real young. And to them, anyone who doesn't know what Live Aid is, it was, there was a huge humanitarian crisis in Ethiopia. And a guy named Bob Geldorf put on this huge musical event called Live Aid to raise millions and millions and millions of dollars to help feed the starving people 
in Ethiopia. And all the musicians turned up. All the good ones did. I don't know anyone who didn't fucking go. Yeah. Just an amazing concert. It was worldwide. They were, they were simultaneously having a concert in England and, and uh, somewhere in America and in different places all at the same time. Damn. And they, these fucking rockers, these real fucking rock stars, they really put their heart into it. And they didn't fucking get paid to do any of this shit. They all did it at their own expense. Yeah. And they, put, they fucking saved a very large chunk of people in Ethiopia. And that was amazing to me. So that inspired the fuck out of me. It's like, if you really want to be a fucking rock star, the real rock fucking rock stars, yeah, they're fucking, they party their fucking nuts yeah. off, bro. Yeah, work hard, play hard. Right, you work hard, and, you, and part of that fucking work is you fucking give the fuck back. Yeah. You don't, you don't harm. You, you can, you party even higher when you fucking are doing good shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, you yeah. fucking feel good about yourself. It isn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get fucked up and then feel really bad about myself. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I get real, if I feel really good about myself. How about that? Man? What's yeah, that yeah. going to be like? It's be a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> you know what I'm so okay, it's, it's all about that shit like that. It's learning, learning all about these things. Learning about love. Learning, really giving back in a meaningful way. Meaningful yeah, means yeah. you get on the fucking plane and you fly your fucking ass to Ethiopia and you go into places that the U.S. government is telling you not to go, sending yep. you a thousand travel warnings. What are you doing? You're going to Somaliland. Yes, because <laughs> the sisters of Mother Teresa asked me to come to Somaliland and I've got to come visit them. Yep. Another warning cannot protect you in Somaliland. Great. I know you can't protect me in Somaliland. I'm going there anyway. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we and Eric, and we're, we got no security guards. Damn. They told us if we bring security guards, then we're even. Then we're definitely gonna get fucked with. <laughs> All right, we're going to Somaliland anyway, and we're going to fucking Diwidara, Ethiopia, because the sisters of Mother Teresa asked us to come. They needed us to put in this fucking water system. That's so dope. They're dying of lack of water. So you go and you fucking do it. You fucking really do it. You got the money now. Yeah. You got the people because you've been doing this for a while. You've gotten really good at it. You've learned that you can accomplish things that most people can't. You say, fuck it. We got to use this force for good. Let's go in there and let's fucking do it. Yeah. And if we die, at least it will be a good fucking death. Yeah. Right? You know, it, it better die in this fucking hospital bed in America of cancer, right? <laughs> fuck it. Die yeah, yeah. Orphans in Ethiopia. Cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, we all got to go. That's a great way to That's go. Some real shit. You know? I'm talking the Vulcans. Oh no, the Vulcans. The, who, was it? Who, who would have been proud? What's our Star Trek group again? My favorite one. Come on. Uh, what was Worf again? I don't even know. You don't know what Worf was? You really don't know who Worf is. I, I don't God know, bro. <laughs> Inform me. He was a Klingon. Okay. So yeah, Klingon logic. You have to have a good death, an honorable death. Okay. If you're gonna go out, good way to go out is digging water wells I'm for Mother Teresa. In fucking Ethiopia. That's, that's so, a good way. To, that's so dope. You know, so so that's how you get that. So that fucking do so. Here yeah, lies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real shit. So 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 I, I yeah. Like, I like how you brought up like common theme through you. It's like it's always been something since childhood. Now it's like transmuted. Now you have the money. Now you have the time to actually do shit like that. How how has that really changed your business? Change who you are and just giving back. Like obviously, I, I like to talk about fulfillment, and I just talking with you. I just have this vibe. It's like this dude's a fucking good dude, you know. And I think everyone would agree, <laughs> everyone would agree with that, you know. But just yeah. like the concept of giving back, you obviously have this organization, you're selling thousands, thousands, or millions of just products. It's like you're taking the time to actually give back. Like I, I feel like that's your most fulfilling part just from having this conversation with you. And it just, it fucking gives me energy to be like, I'm gonna go fucking give yeah. back. I'm gonna go there, do that shit. Well, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think I just, I wanted you to kind of touch on for the people listening, just right now on your day to day basis, like 
what's your focus points? Obviously, there's, since you started, when, when you didn't have money, you were in a fucked up situation to now everything's going good. You can give back. You have money. You have amazing connections, amazing people in your network. Yeah. What does Josh do on a day-to-day basis now? Is it different? Like, what's the flow that really keeps you just like building shit, you know? It all depends on where I am. Like right now, I'm in Vancouver, Canada, so I won't be going. To, I won't be walking. If I'm in Phoenix. I'm going to be going around the, the uh, warehouse and the office all the yeah. time, interacting with everybody there. We'll, we'll be brainstorming over how to overcome some problem or invent some new product, yeah. or shooting some video to think about. Hey, what, what do you think people need to know? And we'll talk about it all of us, and just one way or another. Oh, Josh, you never really talked about your sho- like your poker shoelaces. Like, you really want me to teach him about my poker shoelaces? Yeah, yeah Josh, you need to teach me about the poker. Okay, I'll teach him about poker shoelaces. Yeah. And then we do a video about poker shoelaces, and it's really just like that, where it's like, come in the morning, hey guys, really, what do people really need to know? And then today, Dale was telling me, hey Josh, when you get back here. You know, people don't really know about the round raw tray. You got to do a video on it. I'm like, I did a video on that like six months ago. It's like, no, 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 you didn't. I'm like, I think Shit. I did. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do a video on that when I get back into town. Okay. No, just put it aside, put it in my office, and when we get back there, we'll, we'll shoot a video. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's that kind of thing. Today, I've talked to um, both of our primary ground partners in our humanitarian efforts, which is uh, David Harding from um, Water is Life International and Josh Elliott from Wine to Water because... Um, uh, it doesn't matter why, but it's, it's just a matter yeah, yeah. of trying to get, I'm trying to put together a, uh, I don't know what I'm when I was in Ethiopia, something happened that upset me a lot and I'm trying to get over it by, by getting, um, around it. I was trying to do it. Uh, we did, we've done these new systems where we do these solar powered water pumps. There was yeah. a village up on the top of a hill villages, you know, three, let's just say a hundred thousand years old, yeah. right? Maybe it's 50. But it's some ridiculous number that people yeah. are living on this hill, and they've never had access to water up there because there's no water up there. There is water in the ground at the bottom of the hill, and people have put in a hand pump down there a long time ago, and the people have a thing of sending the girls down <laughs> um, to get the water and then carry the water back up in this horrible fucking way. Yeah. And um, this has been going on for a long time, and the village asked us for help. Uh, so when we looked at it, there was no way we could help them. But now with the advent of cheap solar, we were able to do a solar-powered project. We put in a solar-powered pump down at the base, which has a tap down there for everyone who lives down there. And then we pump it two kilometers up to the village. Damn. And we set it up where it's just always on. So like, as soon as the sun comes up, it starts pumping. That's so they crazy. Have to use the water. Yes, more water than they can use. Because the theory is people are like, well, you're wasting water. No, you're not. Because the water is always running. They have to use it for irrigation. If not, it flows back down into the ground. It comes back into that same water. water. It's fine. But there's more water than they can use. It's big tanks up there. The tank overflows. It just runs yeah. over the top. We're like, you got to use all this water, guys. Yeah. Okay, okay. So they went from having no water to having more water than they currently That's need. That's crazy. And so we did that. And then it was, okay, now let's scale it. Just like with everything else. Yeah. All right. So we found this area where they to do another to do their sister village, which they when I was being named honorary it wasn't even honorary. I call it honorary, but when I was being named one of the village chiefs when I was there in Ethiopia. Or, That's you know, crazy. Again, yeah, and they get this whole ceremony. They dressed Damn. me all the stuff. Um, when that happened, they kept mentioning as nicely as they could about another village, another village, another village. So many times where you'd think they would. Like I, I couldn't believe how many times they brought it up. Yeah. Rather, they didn't ask for. They didn't want anything more for themselves. They just kept asking in the nicest ways, over and over and over again. Maybe there's anything you can do to help them. Maybe there's some way you could look at it. And yeah. Over and over, like, all right, guys. So when it was over, it was like, 
So I guess we got to go look at that other village. Yeah, huh? <laughs> keep on doing it. <laughs> okay. All right, so it turns out the other village is in this area where there are things called waridas, which are like water areas of Ethiopia. The government section breaks them up yeah. into waridas. And the water source where we already have a hand pump, and I want to turn it into a solar pump and pump a few kilometers to this other village. It's also up on a hill. That source is in one warida. They are in a different warida. Damn. I went and personally spoke to these the guys who runs the warida, and they said, sure, yes, we will coordinate, and we will, you'll be able to do this, no problem. And I said, great. And we were going to do three villages in total with this thing, and I was really excited for it. It's going to cost me 100 grand yeah. or 107 or something like that. I'm real excited to do this. Oh my God, it's going to affect so many people. This is going to be beautiful. Yeah. And as soon as I turned around and left, as I was leaving, I actually, I got the call letting me know that they were reneging. Or I guess they, 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 the guys can't communicate with each other. They can't yeah. agree on whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Sending water from here to there. Yeah. Oh my God, and across the Warita. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? And this kind of bureaucratic bullshit broke my heart. It just yeah. made me really upset. Because you're so close to doing well, and suddenly, uh, a toxic. Yes, a, a bureaucratic bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> and and then I learned also that the um, the government of Ethiopia wants to take away um, the primary hospital of Sisters of Mother Teresa in Addis Ababa and give it to the university. And I put in a giant, beautiful water system there, and the sisters, I love her. I don't want her fucking losing her hospital, and. This kind of shit is just, it weighs on you. We are like, yeah. oh, and there's, you, know, you do what you can, but it's, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that we're, it weighs on you. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. Oh, you're good. So it'll be things like that. Well, I'll be dealing with situations like this. I'll be dealing with, we're in a giant lawsuit with a, with a billion dollar rolling paper company that's really upset that we're kicking their ass. Yeah. <laughs> <And so laughs> Keep they, it simple. Uh, that they're losing, by the way. They're going to lose. That's yeah. the way that one's going to be. Um, uh, there's all these things that occupy different portions of my time and distract me in different ways. Yeah. And yeah, I'm doing those kind of things. Also because I'm in Vancouver, I take care of my beautiful daughter. Yeah. I've got a 13 uh, year old daughter Hell yeah. who I like really love and she's my only child. So I'm trying to raise her to take over all the shit and yeah. carry it forward so that it keeps going. Yeah. Bigger than <laughs> you, know? you. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than me, man. It's just, I just That's made the shit. Now it, go, yeah. now it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the legacy right there. Yeah, it's the hope, and you know, I keep trying to teach her. Like, I, I try to put the pressure on her because she wasn't born, she wasn't raised in a fucked up house like I was, <laughs> so she doesn't end up with the, the the drive, that motivating little drive, with, you know, these to succeed at all costs. And mm-hmm. So um, I try to put pressure on her in other ways. So I'll be like, "Hey, my daughter's name is Coco," and I'll be like, "Hey, Coco." Um, like I'll go back from Ethiopia and I'll tell her, "Hey, Coco, if you." If um, when you take over all of this, if you take over all this, if you don't succeed, if the if our competitors if they win and, and crush you, what happens to all those people in Ethiopia? What happens to those hundreds of thousands of people that will be yeah. at that, by that point will be relying on your water systems? Yeah, all this stuff. What happens to all of them, Coco? She's like, what do you mean? Like, what will happen to them? And then she'll be like, they'll die. Like, yeah, they will. You cannot fail. Yeah, you have to see. You have to be ready for 
all of the enemies. You got to be ready for the feds. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready for the billion dollar companies that are all, always going to feel threatened by you. And they don't know how to innovate. The only thing they know how to do is try to quash innovation. So they're going to sue you, Coco. Yeah. They'll, find, they'll pick up things, try to test you, and try to find some weakness you've got, some little chink in your armor. And you got to be ready for them all the time. Both the feds and the billion dollar companies are going to come at you. And then you'll have a bunch of the little piece of shit knockoff dudes making actual knockoffs, actual yeah. knockoffs of your shit and try to sell it. And you have to deal with that too, Coco. Yeah. And don't get, you deal with it, but don't get distracted by that because while you're dealing with all that, you still have to make even better products for Casey Adams yeah. so that when he smokes, he enjoys it a little more. See, one thing that, I used, that always gives me solace, right? I don't know if you're like me, Case, but like what happens, what ha- used to happen to me was I would have those thoughts of like, what am I doing with my life? What was my life worth? Yeah. What do I do here? Like, was this, was this just all nothing? You know, that kind of shit. And what I began doing was thinking to myself, hey, Josh, you got millions of people, millions of them, to enjoy their smoke a little bit more than they had before. You gave them a little bit of happiness. Dude. Millions of people. Uh, millions. Yeah. And that's more than anyone else you've ever met. Right, Josh? Other than musicians, some of my musicians, like Wiz, he's made millions of people and other people happy because it's fucking soft. <laughs> people actually knew growing up. How yeah. It's better than anyone I've ever known from that regard. I made so many more people happy than anyone I, I knew. Yeah. And it's, that makes me happy. And if you're, by the way, if Wiz ever listens to this, Wiz, by making your fucking songs, you make millions and millions of people around the world yeah. happy too. That's more than anyone we, any of us have ever fucking known has done. And that's yeah. a great thing. It was something I heard one of my friends was talking about once, how we should change it from money to happiness points. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like, the government gets to give you happiness points. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you get points. You know what I mean? You can use that to go buy food and shit. That's really nice. That's a nice reward system. I'd be, that'd be a great one. Yeah. Imagine what the world looks like. You Fucking know I mean? happy. Happy <laughs> 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 The party would implode, but everything else would Yeah, yeah, happy. yeah. <laughs> that's the real shit. God damn. So I, I know we've been going for a while now, but this this conversation, this is why I fucking love these things. Just the conversations, people listening, like you said, it's like this may be heard by one person or be heard by a hundred million people later on in life, 50, 100 years from now, you know? So just regarding, I like how you're talking about just like the people you're inspiring, talking about Wiz, talking about people that are just fucking creating an impact. Um, when it comes to that aspect of everything, I know when it comes to like the music industry and songs, like there's a different way of touching people. Like you're actually giving some physical ass solution to people's problems you know and i just yeah. think that's so dope and just like even like behind you you have the wall you have like the real tangible brand like the just the fucking monster brand that you've built like how did like when you look back as obviously you're doing this podcast and you started from nothing now it's just amazing brand which is like now your reality but like do you ever have those moments where you think back and you're just like holy shit like this is real now like would you ever have those sort of like moments I have them all the time. yeah like, i bet like, what i like to do is like once in a while i'll have to like okay his name is Mike Feinberg. Okay. He's the dude that let me stay in, in the storage shed behind his house, right? Damn. And I'd have to jump over the lawnmower to get into bed. And, like, I, I tell the story to you, but then suddenly I'll be like, oh, my God, that really happened. Yeah. And then I'll see Mike or I'll talk to Mike on the phone and be like, Mike, that really happened, Mike, <laughs> right? And he's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I had to move, I had to move a bunch crazy. of shit put it outside to get your bed in the back. And I'm like – and I used to have to pee on your lawn in the morning if the door was locked. He's like, yeah, that was gross. I'm like, but where are they supposed to be? No, I didn't mind. But that was gross. Yeah, yeah. I saw you pee a couple times. Oh my God, that, that really happened. Like, yeah. oh shit. You know, like, <laughs> our reality is what's around us now, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's amazing for me. Like, I have to 
oh my God, that really happened. That really happened on a lot of things. It's lovely being like this. This is, I really like it here, man. This is yeah. a great place to be. I could do this forever, bro. Yeah, this yeah. is great. <laughs> I'm much happier here than I was back there. Yeah. No doubt. You get rid of a lot of worries. You get a bunch of new worries, but you can go to, to learn to deal with those. Yeah. It's what you are saying is right. I think there's often where you get trans, it becomes disbelief. There are many times I look out the view from this house. It's got a beautiful fucking view. Yeah. I look out there, I'm like, you just get this feeling like it's not real. Yeah. So I think there's a term for it. I think they call it imposter syndrome or something where you feel like you're an imposter in your own life. <laughs> it's just, this can't be real. It's too fucking beautiful. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, when I get, get behind the wheel of my fucking vegan Ferrari. Yes, I have a vegan, vegan Ferrari. Ferrari. And, and you're driving, you're just like, you, you laugh and giggle, but you also, it's hard for you to believe this is really you. Yeah. You know, it happens a lot. That's just crazy, I bet. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you just have, just like with anything else, it's a new reality, you have to breathe into it. That's often what I tell people. Yeah. You just got to breathe into it, man. That's all you can do. Yeah. Just such a fucking live it up. So last yeah, live it the fuck up. <laughs> you got to fucking enjoy it. It's going to be gone in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you, like, and that's one of the things I'll tell myself if I'm ever feeling sad or down or that kind of shit, which happens, of course, when that kind of shit happens, I'll tell myself, Josh, if you can't enjoy your life, nobody can. Yeah. It's just because you got it better than anyone you fucking know, pretty yeah. much. So just fucking, you, you got to enjoy this shit. Yeah. Like, all right. Like, uh, oh God, I was talking to some parent once and their and their um, eighteen year old kid, and we were sitting there on the plane together, and we were talking, and he was like, blah blah blah, and he was saying how he was in real estate and blah blah blah, and he made all this money and blah blah blah, all that kind of shit. Yeah. And I turned to the kid as soon as the dad went to the bathroom, and I was like, I'm glad your dad's really successful. Don't you kind of wish he would? He was the rolling paper guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking but awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, fuck, you're, they're an inspiration of millions, my dude. Literally, like, it's it's the facts. Like it's just crazy. Well, like that's different. Is back when I came up, um, especially as I was coming up, they hated us. What you rolling papers they, company or just everything you were about? Smokers, us oh, people, yeah. like. We were, we were the devil, dude. Yeah. Like, I remember I had a neighbor in Phoenix, Arizona. The dude moved into his house. I went out there and talked to him and having a real nice chat with him. We're getting along great. And finally asked me what I do for a living and I tell him. And like I, his kids come running out to play basketball or something. And I swear it was like <laughs> they all came out like holding me kids back. Like, go inside. Go inside. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, wait, wait. No, that's <laughs> the wrong thing. And it was like she never talked to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He put up Damn. a fence a couple weeks later, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, like you know, I was shunned. Yeah. Like, uh, in high school, I was the smoker guy, dude. Man, yeah. I, I hung out with, like, yeah, there'd be, like, the cool table, right? The cool table in the center. Like, it was straight out of, like, a fucking, one of those, like, 16 candles movies, man. There was a cool table, and, like, I would never be at the cool table. I was all, I was off on the corner table with, like, the derelicts. Yeah. And the dude with the bohawk, his name was Mark Bay. He was cool as fuck. And, like, the smokers. And a couple of drag racing guys. I like those dudes. They were really fucking cool. And like the one kid who people, he was definitely gay, but he was too scared to come out because everyone would pick yeah. on him. Like that was my table. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those are the, uh, uh, to this day, those are the people I feel comfortable with. Yeah. You know? Someone's like, you know, I, I, I meet these business people. I don't have to describe <laughs> when they start thinking in their business. You know, they're talking about projection and shit. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> 
week? What are your projected growth for your court? Like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's not how this is done. Okay. Like, try to tell everyone, talk to me the way you would talk to your friend at a bar on Saturday night. Yeah. And, and can't do that if you're so in a shell where you have to talk business lingo, then, then let's just not communicate at all. Yeah. Because no, I fucking love that. That's the truth. And you just keep it. You keep it simple. It's like you talk how you want to talk. You keep it how it is, and you don't overcomplicate shit. Trying to reduce my cursing though, Casey. I curse too much. It's part of that New York upbringing. And like, it's like, oh, I gotta reduce it. I gotta reduce it. But my my daughter picks on me about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like uh, uh, people have their things, right? Um, I worked on one time. I was working on a long time. My, My friend Lawrence taught me. To stop, I would stop saying um. Okay, reduce the number of ums, and I worked on that for a while, and that was easy. But stopping cursing is hard. <laughs> it's hard, of hard, of, hard of expressing passion. Yeah, you know, Jim. Yeah, you like suck, I, I roll a perfect cone or uh, by hand out of the raw black paper. Yeah, and it's just like it's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My possession is craftable. Yes, or I'll, or I'll roll that shit. And like the whole purpose of this one, by the way, was for those incredible. This is my latest creation, really. And the, the, the black this paper. For, yeah, a black. It's a thinner paper, and it's really hard to roll. You know, it's harder to roll than any of my other papers. And it, it's it only works with the best stuff in the world that has been that has to be kept at the right humidity and like has to be proper. Yeah. If you put crap in there, it's going to burn like crap. Yeah. So I. Videos I talk about, it's like you got to put, you can only put premium gas in a Ferrari or else it's going to sputter and jump down the road. Yep. It's the same this. Now, this though, when it's right, just like the fucking Ferrari, yeah. when it's right and you get the right thing in there with some fucking beautiful fucking turf profile and you get those first, like not the first hit, that's, still, that's not right, like the second and third hit and you get that beautiful flavor, the taste, yeah. like overall, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> fucking perfect. Yes. Yes. This is what it's all about. This is what you're trying to do. This is what I'm trying to create. Is that fucking moment, you know? Yeah. Right there. That's for me. That's what it's like. That's when I know that like I've got it. I 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 got it. That's it. And so a lot of my shit is like that. I today also. What else was I doing today? Oh, I was inventing a. I can't tell you what, but it's going to be something to make it um, yeah. easier overall process. I'm trying to make things easier lately because I've realized that like. Once I made cones and then made cone fillers, that was great. Then there's other processes I need to make easier as well, so yeah. that the whole thing becomes easier for people to um, to smoke the perfect material, the perfect yeah. perfect. Yeah, I really enjoy it at the highest. Some more little things I need to do in order to get it um, right, and I keep hoping other people will do it for me, like that electric cone filler. Yeah, and then I try. I'm just like. Oh. You got to go step on the ladder yourself and get the get the hell to the top. <laughs> Clear when you when when you could tell when someone had money on the mind instead yeah. of making quality incredible product. On the mind. You know, a lot of it is, is simplification. We we I don't know what happened to us humans where we we tend to create the, invent things that don't need to be invented. <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The pollution of those coffee pods. You ever see the coffee pod uh, movie? It was the funniest shit. Mm. Where they it's like take over the world. <laughs> no, is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's okay, I'll check it out. 
they literally turn into robots and they start killing everybody and it's it's fucking awesome <laughs> cues up what they call it? yeah yeah K-Cups take over the world and they start killing all of us. And it's like, I, I, the guy who invented K-Cups, by the way, and this is why I started, he was an old rolling paper guy. He was one of the people from, I think he's, he was Burton, from Robert Burton Associates, which was this rolling paper company from the 70s that made Easy Wider. Um, mm-hmm. this is, nobody smokes this shit anymore, but this was a popular brand in the 70s and 80s. It's dead now, I get it. But it was a popular thing. So he was somebody I looked up to and, and studied his... Um, mm-hmm his methods and the way that he succeeded because I thought he was fucking fantastic. But then he went and, and one way or another went into Green Mountain Coffee and made K-Cups. And Damn. Like, so he, he missed a part of the lesson. He, he, I, in, my, in my mind, you know what? He didn't smoke enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it was me doing that shit, I would have been, it would have been the plastic straw versus yep, the paper straw. Yeah. It would have been like, okay, these K-Cups are great, but they must be degradable. Yeah, yep. We have to recycle them. And then it's okay. You gotta go dominate that market now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> guys who are um, who are making uh, hemp cups for okay. those things. So there are people solving that problem, and I hope there will be even more. It's it, 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 there's only one fucking planet, man. Yeah. And it's it's really no matter what I've learned, whether it's in Ethiopia trying to save lives, or if it's trying to get um, plastic straws out of the fucking environment, or any of this stuff. It really comes down to the smokers, because we are we are more conscious than people who don't smoke. Think about the effect you have when you smoke compared to the effect you have when you drink. Right? Yeah. Let's go drink and invent something. No, that's what goes, bro. Let's go drink and go solve the world. Like go solve the world's problems. Like no. <laughs> no. But yet, yeah, we smoke. We we're, we're going to sit there and we're going to talk. We're going to communicate. We're going to come up with incredible ideas, some of which might not um, look great in the daylight of the morning, but we'll still one of them might. So it really also the thing about smoking is it opens up your your it opens you up. It makes you more open, so that you end up not hating as much. No one ever said just like no one ever said, "Let's go drink and solve the world's problems." Yeah. No one ever said. Hey, let's smoke a bunch and then go fight. Yeah. <laughs> Not how it goes. <laughs> wrong, wrong thing there, wrong direction. That's not how it's going. Yeah. So it's we smoke and then we become open. And then we are willing to do things like save a whole bunch of other of our fellow human beings yeah. wherever they happen to be. And then we do things like realize that skin color is a function of where our furthest ancestors happened to be in position in relation to the amount of sunshine that was out and nothing more than that, nothing more than that. Yeah. We sit there and if we had the chance, we would, what is it? What would you call it? If you, well, I'm trying, no, I guess I shouldn't be vulgar. So if we had the chance, we would simply drop a 10 ton pile of shit on Roseanne Barr's head. <laughs> <laughs> That's creative. Yeah, I'm trying to put it because what I really wanted to say was the kicker in the pussy to make fun of Donald Trump too. But we won't yeah. say that about it. Kicking violence is always bad. It's always bad. It just—I I don't know how to teach people when they're when they're racist. I don't know how to communicate yeah. with them. I don't know how to talk to them. I'm just like, wait, no, but that's so stupid. Wait, don't you understand? It's just scientifically, it's yeah. just because of your, your furthest ancestors. Well, not your furthest, but like a bunch of your ancestors happened to be migrated to an area where there wasn't much sun, so they developed lighter skins and they could absorb more. And yeah. Your other ancestors—they they were from an area where there was too much skin. 
Twitch sun, sorry, so they developed darker skin to block the sun. That, that's it, bro. Yeah. Would you understand? It's just that simple. Dude, There's nothing more to it. If more people knew that, it would change the world. That's all it is, man. We all come from Ethiopia, by the way, Casey. It's something I try to explain to people. We are all Ethiopian, every one of us. That's where the first humans come from. Yep. We can pretend it's not true, but it's 100% true. So we're all Ethiopian. So maybe, maybe some of the first people we might want to save and help might be from Ethiopia, Ethiopia where yeah. we all come from. Yeah. Like, you don't wait my, no one probably ever told you this before but no this is the most dope podcast I've ever had <laughs> you are Ethiopian <laughs> okay right. we all come from there that's where we all come from the Rift Valley it wasn't called Ethiopia back then it's something that you are supposed to do within your lifetime to connect yourself with our true past of humanity is walk barefoot in the Rift Valley which mm. I have done many times damn and there's a there's a there's a story behind it, which I won't tell you now because it'd be forever as to why you're yeah. supposed to do that. But it really has to do with connecting yourself to where we all come from, feeling it and truly accepting it. You don't have to go do it. You can just let it in on, in another way. Yeah. But it's really just accepting your own humanity and realizing what we are, what we really are, not the stuff of. Listen, in some day, if if we humans make it another thousand years without blowing ourselves up or destroying the planet, or we yeah. can't live here, yeah, we are all going to be mixed. Right? That's just the way it is. Yeah. We're all gonna be we're all gonna be part this, that, 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 that. So we won't be able to hate each other based on or make up racism shit about each other because we're all gonna look pretty close to each yeah. other. Are, you know? So when that goes away, we're gonna unfortunately I think we're gonna find something some other way to hate each other. Yeah, let's keep you making know? up dumb shit. <laughs> dumb shit. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please stop, please. Don't do it. It's gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Originally, it would have been. This all goes back to tribalism, I think, where you would have been part of one tribe, I would have been part of another, and we would have made up reasons why you're the bad guy and I'm the good guy. Plus, and this, I'll stop talking after this, Casey. Oh, you're good. But I really want this. It's think about how it feels, even if we do it in mock, in jest, in joking around. If we now point at ourselves and we say, "Hey, Casey, you and I, let's do it off something funny, right? Yeah. You and I, we smoke. We're the good guys. That guy Jim over there, he doesn't smoke. He's bad." <laughs> bad guy we're good he's bad we're good yeah he's bad makes you feel powerful to say the point and say that, that person's bad mm-hmm. we're good we are good he's bad yeah goes back to our tribal roots and it's something that i believe we have to overcome it's something we have to realize hey that feels good why does that feel good that shouldn't feel good <laughs> wait yeah. why does that feel good yeah it's not okay and it just goes back to uh, just a simple tribalism when we were in these 200-person tri- tribes. Yeah. And we, we had to believe that we were good and they were bad in order to do whatever the fuck we were doing, or in order to make it make it okay for us to go over there and kill all of them and take their in order to take their animals and their nut tree. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, this is the most dope podcast I've ever done, hands down. Like, literally, I think I'm just looking at the time. Like, dude, we've been talking for an hour and 23 minutes. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this... This, I talk too much. This is the, this is the, this is so good. We're, we're definitely gonna have to, have to do another one of these because we could literally make a four-hour podcast right now. <laughs> like goddamn, so many stories and just. I think it's interesting because I know um just regarding like all the stuff you're talking about, like you know a lot of stuff like whether that be Ethiopian stuff or whatever it is, like you have a shit ton of knowledge about. I think a lot of people listening are gonna be like, holy shit, like this dude does some research. He knows what's up. He's been through things that a lot of people haven't been through and he's accomplished things that he hasn't been through. And I just think it's super crazy. But last question, because I know it's freaking been an hour and 20 minutes. 
with everything you've done, with everything like you when you started to now 2018, social media, internet world, all this crazy shit we live in, how we got connected, whatever it may be. How has the internet slash social media impacted you as a person and your company? Because I know that's obviously played a big role in everything with distribution and everything regarding just social media sales, whatever it is. Like, How has that entire atmosphere of social media, internet played a role in everything you do? It's played a, it's played a tremendous role, especially recently because hmm, – I'm trying to think how to describe it. I love – I only really love, love too strong a word. I really like social media yeah. because it gives me a chance to tell you a story. It gives you a chance to share some of these things because all this stuff that I, all this knowledge that I picked up over the years, I don't want it to vanish with me. Yeah, that's that's stupid. Yeah, the way that humanity is supposed to work. Uh, you you hear me say this recurring theme with how it's supposed to work. In the olden times, the elders would have shared knowledge with the young ones, and that knowledge would then be. Built on. Yeah. You know, they say, what's that expression, dude? Help me out with this one. What is it? A smart person learns from his mistakes. A wise person learns from the mistakes of others. Yeah. It's, um, it? yeah, it's something like this. And that's true. Yeah. So I want to take all this, this knowledge, all the shit that I've learned over the years, and then pass it on so that other people can learn from it. So they don't have to learn the same things. The story of raw, of where I'd bring you back to white rolling papers. I had to learn why rolling papers were white in order to understand how stupid it was and to go forward, is the same story of us humans to learn why the f- we all come from Ethiopia and yeah. why this, this fucking stupid bullshit racism and all this stuff. And why do we think this? And It's all the same thing in different ways. If you deeply understand something, then you, you can... Hmm, what's the word? If you, when you re- I think a better way to put it would be when, if you really want to solve a problem, or if you really want to help people, or if you really want to change the world, the first thing you have to do is understand. Really understand. And then you can do it. Or else you're going forward like an idiot with blinders on, thinking you know better when you don't. And I get things wrong all the time. (laughs) I am wrong at least half the time. You know what I mean? I've learned to just let go of that, by the way. I used to think, no, I'm right. No, I'm like, oh, I'm probably wrong. Someone told me, no, Josh, I told you this. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, actually, wait, you know, you probably did. But I can't fucking remember that. So in my mind, you didn't. And you probably did. Just so you know, because yeah. I'm wrong half the time. So it's a 50-50 chance here. I got a coin here. I can toss it. And this is about as accurate as me. Yeah. So fuck it. 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real shit. Yeah, yeah. So if that makes any sense, that's kind of, um, I don't know. The thing I'm always trying to do, a lot of it, is to uplift the world, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's through rolling papers or through sharing with you stories or through direct action in Ethiopia yeah. or any of this kind of stuff. It's making a positive fucking impact. Yeah. Now, I ain't no fucking saint. I got a fucked up background. I do fucked up shit all the time. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's just part of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter at all. Yeah. What matters most is you're supposed to judge a man based on his actual actions. What yeah. did Josh do? What did he actually pull off? What did he well, you got a bunch of people real to enjoy them to get enjoy themselves better more than ever. He saved a shitload of people in Ethiopia, and hopefully, he taught a bunch of people some cool shit that yep. helped them succeed as well, right? Yeah. Because we're all just one fucking community. Yeah. It's just us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And anyone who's listening to this show, they got. I'm assuming that especially they want to listen to me. Yeah. They're a fucking smoker, and I don't. I don't want anyone telling them how that's wrong. I mean, dude, if you're smoking during the day, you need to cut that shit down because it's gonna fuck you up. Smoke at night when you got your shit done. That's yeah. a great way to be. 
that's um, unless it's, unless it's really one of those days. <laughs> but it's a, you know, weekend, Sunday, fine, whatever. But otherwise, you got work to do. Go do your fucking work. Yeah. Then you can smoke when you're done with all your fucking work. Yeah, get your shit done. The world fucking needs you. you know, <laughs> I, one thing I always try to tell people is like, is the world needs you to become a massive fucking success. It truly does. Like Casey, you've got to be a huge success, the massive, much bigger than me. The world needs you to do that, and then in your own way, not in my way, in your own way, you give back, and you yeah. give back better than I did. You place that money even better. You blow my shit out of the fucking water, <laughs> where I look like a dude. That's cool. <laughs> Make you look like a dumbass. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. You got to do it because if you don't, then we end up with a world full of, full of mediocrity. People scared to try. People working for bad bosses. Yeah. Um, we end up with Donald Trump, and Trump is not the problem, by the way. He's just—he's the voice of a certain group of people, yeah. and those people are what I'm afraid of. Those people scare the shit out of me because they're closed-minded and they lack love. You can't tell me that you're gonna no, fuck all these people, America first. But I'm full of love. <laughs> no, 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 bro. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. <laughs> you yeah. know. If you're full of love, then you love them. If you believe in religion, then you love them. If you believe in any of that shit, then you love them. Yeah. And you can't say, me first, close the gates, America only. You can't. You can do things. You can, there's other ways around it. Shit, man. But you can't say those things. You can't feel that kind of hatred because hatred is like, um, oh, I don't want to say the It's the antithesis of love. It would be like a love antidote. Okay. That makes sense. No. (laughs) No. So, the world needs you to become a massive fucking success and you can help. There's like 10 of us out there in Ethiopia that feels like trying to fucking save these people. And it sure would be fucking awesome if I had an 11th. Yeah, (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Let's do it. It's really tough out there, man. And there's nobody helping. You think you're... How the fuck is it that this fucking weirdo long-haired douchebag <laughs> is the one who's doing Mother Teresa's hospitals in Ethiopia? I didn't even find fucking Catholic? Shit, man, I ain't got no religion. Yeah. And they, they're desperate for my help. They don't care anymore. They're all over there, like, their whole thing I've come to learn is just, it's gotten so bad, Casey, that they're just like, just help us. Yeah. Just help us. We need help. We don't care where it comes from. We don't care where you get your money from. You just come over here and you help us. Yeah. We need help. The church leaves them on their own. The governments leave them on their own. Ain't nobody left but me, you, and a few people listening to this. Yeah. And those are some beautiful women over there, man. They they actually gave their lives to help a bunch of sick people. Mm. That's all they do is help sick and um, homeless and mentally handicapped. They gave their lives to do that. That's much more than I could give. Yep. Dude, why don't you start a podcast? Why don't you start a podcast? You, you need the raw podcast, god damn it. <laughs> oh my lord, this is amazing. Dude, I could literally sit here and talk for hours, but I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know that I originally said it'd be about an hour or so, but dude, why don't you start the damn raw podcast? <laughs> Real shit, you just carry your damn microphone around 24-7 and I'll upload it for you, bro. <laughs> really? <laughs> John, damn, this is amazing. Well, Josh, I definitely, I like I said, I don't want to take too much of your time, but any last words? I definitely, all your social medias, I know that just regarding that question, you like to share stories. I've been following you for a while. That's how we connected through a little damn Instagram DM, which is literally how I get everyone on my show, but I, need, I want people to follow you because I think even if 
like they're smokers even if they aren't you have a message like if they listen to this podcast like people yeah. know that you are someone that's doing good in this damn world you know and, and I want people to get that and I, I think that's a big reason like wrapping this and concluding this is just like you're a good ass dude like, and I, this conversation has been so fun and, and I definitely look forward to really staying in touch with you building with you because I think there's a lot of good shit we can do in this world and like you said like there's not there's not enough people that are doing it and that's why people need to become successful is to give back and I, that's a huge moral and a message that i want to spread as well so that being said i definitely very much appreciate you coming on everyone please 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 go follow josh follow his movement try his products whatever it is you need to do and thank you so much for tuning in any last words you want to give to the audience real quick no, no, but just my, my, um, my personal Instagram is rock and roll, R-A-W-K-A-N-D-R-O-L-L. The brand one is yep. Raw Life 247. The foundational work is all at um, the Raw, is at the Raw Foundation. Nice. Um, it's all, I, I try to show it to everybody to the extent they can. Because, like, Casey, yeah. like you were saying earlier, man, like half the time when you're doing this stuff, you can't believe you're really doing it. I'm yeah. over there, and I, when I'm over there, I can't believe I'm really there. Like, <laughs> this is me, okay? Yeah. Okay, then you just, you know, you just fucking do it anyway. Yep. If you're not sure what to do, then, okay, what would someone who is sure what to do would do? <laughs> well, I guess they'd probably do that. Well, then let's do that. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay, go forward. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> it's, just, it's not the greatest way. You know, I'm not the most confident, but, but it, it works. Amazing. And thank you very much for having me on. It's fucking awesome. Thank you for hitting me the fuck up. Hell yeah. And have a wonderful fucking day, man. Good shit. Well, everyone listening, thank you so much. All Like he said, all of the social medias will be down in the description. Make sure you right go up. check them out. And that being said, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Peace. Yeah.